Hey guys, just wanted to share a message from our sponsor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or computer. The creation tool allows you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. There are many ways to kickstart your acting career. Stand-up comedy is one of them. We're going to talk about it today. Acting Class Weekly with legendary character actor Sean Whelan. Lessons, tips, and insight into the craft and business of acting from a man who's been directed by the likes of Spielberg, Eastwood, Tim Burton, Ang Lee, Michael Bay, Wes Craven, Tom Hanks, and many more of Hollywood's A-List. He is 30 years an actor and your professor, Sean Whelan. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, Let's get to what's the most important always, my wardrobe. This is a new one? This is a brand new one, and here's why. I usually, I have a few jackets, but it's a comedy day. And so this guy wanted to do a comedy painting of me, like a funny clownish thing. And I go, oh, I'll wear that today because it's a little ill-fitting. It's a little bright blue. It's, it's big. It's, it doesn't fit 100% great. It's a little ill-fitting. It's a little large. It's a little comedic. And I can tell by your faces, I killed it, because you both find it hilarious. Well, I think it's bold. I like the boldness of it, like comedy. That's what I would go for. I wouldn't say ill-fitting. I feel like that's the fit of the coat. You think so? If that was like a skin-tight coat, it would be weird. But it's like, like, look at that. It doesn't... Do you know what I mean? It's a little bit large. (laughs) But that's comedy. The best fitting jacket at a Ross dress for less. Right, right, exactly. But I'm like, this is seven bucks. (laughs) Uh, So with me commenting on my wardrobe, as always, is Miss Phenomenal, Roxy Stryer. You might call me judgy. It's okay. A little judgy. Yeah, in a good way. You know, uh, but I I need the feedback. But I mean, isn't this a, you don't think this is just a hilarious jacket? No, I think that you are doing the blue, blue thing again. I, I see you. I see through you. No. I wasn't. She gets mad because she thinks I'm doing blue on blue to just really hit home that she just does not have the blue eyes that I have. Is clearly (laughs) what he's trying to say. No, that's that's other for. Mm -hmm. There are times that I actually do that, but today wasn't one of them. I was going for wacky comedy jacket, and maybe I scored. I don't know. Mr. Fantabulous in the booth, Jeff Graham, our producer. Uh, guys, very excited for the show. I was saying our special guest has some uh, Jim Jeffries connections, of whom I'm a huge fan, so I'm excited nice. to see it. Yes. And our Jim Jeffries connection is Suba. Now, how do I say it properly? Agarwal? Mm-hmm. I, I've said it right before, yeah. though. Suba Agarwal. She is a stand up comedian, and she's written for the Jim Jeffries show, and she's trans. Uh, how, how many years ago? Like two or three? Um, they started... Yeah, to start, start getting into more acting stuff. Um, I think since I started taking it seriously, probably Playhouse West, which has been like a three-year journey. Three years, yeah, okay. Yeah. So what we're talking about today, guys, is, you know, from stand-up into, um, into acting and how you kind of merge those together using the momentum, the heat, the recognition, and the tools, and see how they fit. So that is what we're going to be talking about today. Um, But uh, before we do all that, before we jump in, we're going to get into Sean's week. And I think we're like in the, we're in the meat of the year. 
So it's got to be a kind of straightforward Sean's Week. Do you know what I mean? January 15th is the meat of the year? The beginning, sure. Because (laughs) I think, well, in this, look, most other people, like my girlfriend who works at an office job, she was there, you know, January 2nd. You know, they, but entertainment shuts 2nd. down for a month. But this is the bread. This is not the meat. This twelve months of the year. We're, but I'm we're saying it's the days in. I'm. It's the first slice of the meat. We're starting the meat. Do you know what I mean? I'm just starting to carve the turkey. Do you know what I mean, Mr. Fantabulous? It just depends on what kind of meat we're talking about. Yeah, is this hors d'oeuvres, prosciutto? Is this you know turkey? There's so many options. I That's feel true. like if the year is a big a meat loaf, let's stay on the loaf thing as we were talking before. Long story, folks. Uh, but it, but it's the first we're getting into the like everyone's ramping up fully in in this town. Uh, but I think other places they've started earlier. I just feel like so much happened in the news. I feel like I'm already done with this year. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. The, I yeah. feel like it's the end slice. Yeah. It's <laughs> what? The, yeah. Well, there's a lot, been a lot going so. on just after the holidays. Yeah. There's a lot going on every year, guys. Come on. But, but anyway. The <laughs> world's been on fire for a long time so let's, now. <laughs> let's, but what I'm saying, let's give it a – because the holidays are over. The, the You know, we're in it now. So okay, I guess I'm right. saying like a straightforward Sean's week. All right. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Sean's, Sean's week. week. Now, wait. I didn't say like we're bored and done with the Sean's year. Sean's week. Straightforward. That's straightforward. That's bored. But but you said straightforward. What is it? Sean's week. But uh, (laughs) I I will say Sean took the direction the same way. I'm going to put this one on the director. I'm sorry. I feel like my direction. I totally misfired. (laughs) Uh, We're 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 doing reshoots. Good good on you for taking responsibility for your failures. I am. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, what happened in my week? Uh, I am starting up my sketch class again. So I am making. You know, I had. It's, it's, you know, actors are so funny. I had this great group. They were ready. You know, I thought we had a great sketch show at the end of last year. And I was like, here we go. You guys are all coming back. We're going to keep this momentum going. And then some of them are like, I'm going to take another class. I'm going to take another class. I'm going to take some time. And I was like, what happened? So I went around, got some more uh, actors, and I'm starting my sketch class uh, this Sunday. Guys, if you're in the L.A. area and you want to take a great sketch class, uh, you can reach out to me at seanwhalenbiz at gmail.com. We start this Sunday. It's really fun. Sean, so, do you mean to tell me that some actors are flaky? A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. A oh, little bit. Good information to um, have. And so I've been doing that. Um, I got back into my uh, looping shows uh, again. I did a couple fresh off the boats and doing The Walking Dead again. So that's happening. And... Um, the neat thing was I was contacted by a woman who has a website and a known family friend, but she's got a really cool product, and she reached out to uh, me to do some fun kind of commercial-type videos, and I everybody's heard the legendary Amy, my daughter, who is so... Uh, rough to me when she directs me on my self tapes, <laughs> who is just so brutal that I uh, got her as my director. I told her I would pay her some money to do so uh, out of the money that I get for this. And uh, yeah, already I go, hey, I got this great idea for commercial. I'm going to be doing this, this, and this. And she's like, that's not funny. I don't know. I go. She goes. I said, "What do you, What do you mean? I think it's I think it's goofy." She goes, "Yeah, but it's just like big and loud. It's not funny." And so, you know, I had to. I was like, wow. And I had to shape it. And then she'd be like, yeah, that's good. That's good. Roxy, you saw the commercial. Very Give us a good, review. Very cute. It's, uh, I, like, it's I don't want to say fun. what it is. It's fun. Because nobody knows what it is yet. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one knows what it is. Okay, yet. well, you're doing a couple no, no, no. of different things. No, no, no. Well, well we, you can say that it's it's a cold product to prevent colds, and so I do a double me. me a double him. So I love the double you. I like the two different looks. I thought those were great. Right. Um, and, yeah, I think it's just cute. It's cute and fun. Yeah. And what was really cool is, like, when she's like, hey, can I sit, sit down for this shot? And I go, mm, no, you kind of can't because we have to match eye lines. And so when you're on me on this side, it got to be the same. It can't be me up here and then you down here. It's got to match. But as soon as we did all that stuff, man, she was into it. And there were times that she was like, all right, do you know what you're going to say? And I said, yeah, 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 I ran it. She goes, nope, rehearse it three times and then tell me when you're done. I mean, she was just like unbelievable. And wow. then there were times that I was, uh, I did it and I go, that was really good. She goes, mm, I didn't like the shot. Will you do it again? I mean, just really, really, really funny. And then when we were editing, that was the really cool thing, sitting there with her. And she goes, no, 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 don't cut it there. What are you editing on? Uh, just iMovie. And she's telling you, like, she's like, it. yeah, so I'm moving the thing. And I go, yeah, I think right here. And she goes, no, 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 here. And if you can't see me, I just move my finger just a skosh. She goes, no, 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 this is where it is, mm. right here. So it was uh, really, really cool. And then. The lady was like, hey, we have our music. I'm just going to plug it in. The music that we use for all the commercials, I'll just plug it in. It's fine, right? And I said, well, let me just check with Amy and Amy's like, it's not our vibe. I'm not really into that music. And I, go, and I was like, okay, let her put it in and then send it to you. And then when she put it in, she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I see what she's saying. But at first I was like, oh, my God, my daughter's going to tank this It's not this our vibe, thing. Sean. She's it's like, not, not the vibe. vibe. It's not the vibe Can't of what we out, did. Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's great working with her. It's really fun. So that's been really fun. So that was that was my week. Um, and so uh, before we get into it and uh, talking about my week, we want to do a couple shout-outs for the uh, – Alt Oscar, is that correct? Oh, yeah, we're doing the Alt Oscars. Um, Jeff, maybe you can talk a little more about this. I'm excited that uh, Popcorn Talk and After, powered by AfterBuzz, is presenting the Alt Oscars because there's so many amazing things the Oscars nominated, uh, but there's also things, of course, that they weren't able to nominate, things that we love so much here in yes. studio. Jeff, when is all of this happening? Yeah, so we're dropping our nominations within the next 24 hours, which is very exciting. Um, I mean, it's crazy. Like this, A movie like Us, which got completely shut out this yes. year, like it's crazy crazy to think the Academy looks overlooks films just inevitably. There's only so many slots, but right. um, we're really proud of the list we've put together. It's much more diverse than the Oscars, which is something we're proud of, and we're calling it the Oscars, like Roxy said. The nominations are dropping within 24 hours of this moment, so probably Thursday, January 16th, or this evening. And the actual nominees are going to be um, awarded their winners on the day of the Oscars, the oh, morning cool. before. So it's your lead-in to the ceremony. Very cool. Yeah, I'm very, yeah, very exciting. Uh, and then for you know getting behind this show and and getting more involved, well, Roxy? for all of the shows, honestly, because the reason that we know that you guys want something like the Alt Oscars is because you guys have been so vocal in the comments and on Twitter and everywhere that you've been, and so we read everything you guys have to say. So we really. Appreciate Appreciate when you show support to our show by telling us what it is you guys like, what you don't like uh, for Acting Class Weekly. What would help you the most? I know that you guys are uh, working actors, upcoming actors, and you have questions about things. And Sean's 30 years an actor, so he's got answers for you. So always leave a comment. Let us know your questions. Also, thumbs up, five star, wherever you are. That really helps us build and grow our community, which matters on a show like this. We want to expand the community and uh, have a a greater pool of people here to converse with about all things acting. Subscribe as well. This is on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, wherever podcasts and uh, video is. Is we are there as well. So thank you so much for your support, guys, and, and keep those comments, thumbs, likes, and all that stuff coming. 
Yes. Keep those thumbs coming. Yeah, and I, and, I, and, and don't worry about the shout-outs. I kind of push it again because I know when we have a special guest, we have, we have a lot to do. So, And you're right. I do do shout-outs every week, and I saw that there were some on uh, last week's YouTube, so I, I will next week yeah, give shout-outs to everybody. Yeah, when we have a guest, sometimes on... we get a little squeeze, and I want to make sure we get as much of Suba as possible. So, as I mentioned before, she's a stand-up comedian getting in, uh, getting in, transitioning into acting, not getting rid of stand-up 100%, uh, just adding that to her canon of talents. And so I always like to say when I have a guess how we met. And so we met at a – I did a auditioning for comedy workshop at Playhouse West, and Suba signed up for it. What and year is – when are we talking? This was probably a year ago. Yeah, probably. about a year ago. About yeah. a year ago, yeah. And she was one of my students, and then – Talk about that experience and then why you reached out to me as a coach then. Um, I, uh, well, taking the class, number one, just the way you broke down the comedy genres, like what you're looking to do. Because, like, uh, being in Playhouse West, it's very theory heavy, like mm-hmm. on the acting and like how to approach it. And then Meisner I felt, technique. Yes. yes so that we've talked about on this show. Very heavy on that. And then yours was kind of like the first where it was like an integration of like Meisner technique right. into like how to practically apply it to these different genres, to these different... And it was, like, the first time I had seen that because um, when you're a stand-up, they automatically put you in these, like, auditions for, like, sometimes pretty big roles, and it's just, like... Embarrassing. Like, you <laughs> don't know what, do you what mean? to do because like, you don't know how to do that. Yeah. That's what happened to me at Groundlings. So, yeah. I literally a woman saw me in the Sunday show and goes, "You're amazing. I'm going to bring you in for stuff." And she was literally like, "You don't know how to do this." When you actually you? got in the audition room, yeah. So what you're saying room. is, as a stand-up, you, it opens doors for you that might not be at the same level that you are at, but you, they yeah. they want stand-ups for things. Yeah. So you're going into huge rooms yeah. that you might not be prepared for. Uh, it was terrible. Uh, certainly, certainly. <laughs> burn some bridges <laughs> uh, it was so it was kind of interesting because it's like okay so I didn't know how to do that and then it's like when you take uh, something that's as theory heavy as Meisner technique it like breaks down all of the quick fixes they give you where it's like when you're a comic and you're working with someone they'll be like say this line like this do this like they give you reads right, right. and it's very like specific and right. then when you do uh, Meisner it's kind of like learning how to authentically Be free and, yeah. and open and and like work as yourself truthfully right and so it kind of made me worse for a minute and then i was yes. panicking because i was like what is happening what do you mean it made you worse because like i didn't know because it wasn't like this clearly fake like polished thing but it also wasn't good it was just like, right that's <laughs> what i told you i told the story didn't i tell the story about how i lost the job on on wayne's you world told, you told your story yeah. yeah 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 i was saying i was saying the same kind of thing because i was in playhouse and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to be this. And they were like, no, 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 just be big and silly for yeah. Wayne's World. You so know, you and I didn't know. you super in your head kind of then. It's not even like. No, you just want to do it authentic yes. and real. And then it's a comedy. Yeah. So it doesn't intersect perfectly. And then like learning how to mesh like the two, which is what I saw your class did. And it was like a light bulb went off on my head. And right. I was like so furious that I like, it's like everything made so much more sense to me. And I was angry right. that it took me so long to right. figure it out. When you say mesh the two, so that now you mean... Like how to practically apply Meisner technique to comedic A comedy roles. script. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. you know, break gotcha. them, to merge them together. Mm-hmm. So then when she got some auditions, she asked me to coach her. Mm-hmm. And we did. Because you didn't want to burn any more bridges. Yeah. <laughs> you were done. You were like, okay. And that's going <laughs> to be, and I'll, I will tease this. I usually do my story from the set, but we're going to talk about Suba's story from the set when she got to work on Westworld. So. Yeah, uh, and that was something I coached her on. So what is, so that's how, and we've been working on and off for her with her auditions for a year. So what was your journey into stand-up? Like, how did you get into stand-up? Why did you want to get into stand-up? How old um, were you? All that stuff. Well, when I, first time I wanted to be a comedian, I was 16. Okay. And so I got into it for, like, a weird 16-year-old girl reason. Um, Which is? Well, I was super unpopular. And, like, I was, like, very <laughs> uh, suburbs of Chicago. Okay. And I was, like, super heavily bullied. I didn't even know how to talk to people. Like, I would want to say a joke, but then when I said it, it was kind of one of those things where the room just got quiet. Because they're like, <laughs> right. what the hell? hell are you talking about like right. makes, and so and it was the exact same moment where i went from like a primarily white neighborhood to a high school that had indian kids in it and they were obsessed with this comedian named russell peters like okay i think it was like one of the first examples of a comic going viral okay um, and so i thought if i could be like him all the indian kids would like me okay uh, so that was my goal <laughs> okay so it was just you like an indian background or mm-hmm. did you okay um, and then I spent like a year uh, just like writing jokes because I didn't know you could get on stage uh, before you were like 21. And then at 17, I found an all ages open mic and I started doing stand up. Okay. Just writing jokes in a notebook somewhere, mm-hmm. just things you thought were funny. Yeah. Were you reading books on it or just no, anything? No, I you just thought... uh, binge watched as much comedy as I could like. Stand up stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like just straight up recorded Comedy Central and then tried to watch it when my parents fell asleep. <laughs> like, yeah. No, oh. how did they feel about stand up? Um, they didn't like it at all. Sure. Uh, they took me to my first open mic. Okay. Because, like, you know, at 17, my friends were like, you know, we're suburbs kids. They're like, you can't go into the city by yourself. So right. I asked my parents to take me, and that was a mistake. Like, <laughs> every comic in the crowd was like, why are there old, angry Indian people here? <laughs> every comic was like, what are you doing here? That's so they funny. They were so, I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, the comics were filthy, and it's an open mic, so they were filthy and not funny. So it was terrible. Right. It was like the worst Right. <laughs> and naturally, I mean, obviously the reaction was like, you're well, please not. Please don't do this. Yeah. Not even please not. Like, you're absolutely you're not. not. Okay. You're okay. not going to be in this environment. You're right. not going to listen to this, these opinions be around are, these yeah, people yeah. they're disgusting you right, know right, like right. They wanted nothing to do with it so i mean i obviously just started lying and saying i was going to like parties which is right. worse. <laughs> that's hilarious i know and it was just uh, for a while and then it was like it was it was a really rough for a long time but, right 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 yeah and then and then so when did you start you know booking like real gigs and getting paid and stuff like that how long um, did that take i mean you mean as a stand-up yeah I mean, I, I'm i trying to think, like, because I came to New York when I was, uh, how old was I? Did when you go 20, to college? Or? I did. Okay. Um, but I wasn't really making a lot of money in Pittsburgh. I went to University of Pittsburgh. So you went from Chicago to Pittsburgh to New York to L.A.? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I was in New York when I was 20, so... I feel like maybe a year or two after that, like twenty one, twenty two. Okay. And then, but then I'm like talking small money, like you know, you'll get like twenty dollars yeah, yeah. for doing a show yeah. or some like a but show. But you're or something. slowly getting noticed mm-hmm. and known on the scene. And then, like, I don't think I made a living working in the comedy area, and it was as a writer. I didn't do that until I was like, right. Oh, geez, how many years was that? Uh, probably like around eight, nine, even ten years in. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 
That's amazing. And so what is the comics? You and I discussed this briefly, but what is the comedy view of – because when I was here in the 90s and I knew stand-up comedy comics, I know a few of my comic friends, and they were doing commercials and things like that. But the goal was get really good, get your sitcom. It was Jerry Seinfeld, Tim Allen, you know, George Lopez. Like that was the – that was what you did. You know, you work a great stand-up, and then you got your sitcom. But is that still kind of a pervasive view? I mean, I doubt it, right? Because it's not as many sitcoms as there used to be. Well, the thing is, like, when you're a comic, it's very hard to just make money doing stand-up. Okay. Uh, So either you... There are some people who build a following from the ground up, either with podcasting or social media. Okay. And then they can tour off of that, and that's, like one route but then there's the other route of like you write for tv you act for tv you do all these other things until you can eventually put out your own show even if it's like not a sitcom or whatever i mean just look at tiffany haddish you know like she blew up by booking a series regular role and then getting that role in a movie where she absolutely nailed it wait what was the series regular role again um i think it was the carmichael show right yeah yeah the carmichael show Oh, okay. So it's See, a- I didn't really know her until her Saturday Night Live thing. Oh, yeah? And then I saw Girls Trip after yeah. Saturday Night Live, and we were like, oh, my God, she was so funny. Do you ever see Girls Trip? Yeah, of course. She was, she was yeah. so it's funny Amazing. in Girls Trip. Yeah. But before that, it was like a series regular on the Carmichael show. So. Okay. And there are like a lot of comics that do that as well, that still try and build a name or a reputation through acting. But it sounds like for you, you wanted to be a stand-up, and you weren't using that as a vehicle to then be uh, an actor. You you came, yeah. got into comedy because you wanted to be a stand-up, yeah. and then you actually started taking acting classes because you were finding yourself in rooms that you weren't mm-hmm. prepared for. 100%. I didn't really even develop a love for acting until I was at Playhouse West, and then okay. I understood the creativity behind it. Right. And, like, all the different choices you get to make and what it's like to, like, live out a scene or a character. Like, I didn't understand what that was. So right. it's like, I obviously, I couldn't love something. I didn't even know what acting was, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I developed another love for it. And I was like, oh, this is amazing and really fun. Well, go ahead. What do you think about people? Because, like the list that Sean just mentioned, I think a lot of people get into stand-up because they look at it as a window into acting. You know, there's all different ways to try to get in. Do you think that in 2020, that is a smart vehicle to go about? I'm sure you've seen many people who have tried. Um, I mean... I keep seeing it, and they keep being like, my manager's telling me to do this, so there has to be some reason that manager people are doing that. Manager keeps telling you to do... Like, I'll have, like, actors be like, oh, my manager told me to try stand-up, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of managers do that, or, or try to groundlings or something, especially if you're going in for commercials or anything like that. Right, they anything want you to, comedic. Yeah. To me, it's just, like, a very interesting uh, thing to do. I mean, I think there are some benefits that you could get from trying stand-up just in terms of getting comfortable being in front of a live crowd, understanding comedic timing, like, maybe who you are, what your voice is a little bit more, how you come off. Right. Um, So there are things that you can get out of it, but it's just, like... Uh, and maybe this is just because I love stand-up so much. It's it's its own 
animal. So it's not something where you can be like, oh, I'm just going to kind of dabble in it. Like, it's years and years of, like, absolute focus and dedication before you truly... Right. I mean, like, in my opinion, earn the right to be a quote-unquote stand-up. Yeah, I mean, they say five years of crappy shows. Yeah. <laughs> like, they say don't even think about it. It's like David Mamet said, five crappy plays, five years of crappy mm-hmm. stand-up for most of I saw Steve Harvey and Jerry Seinfeld do their Comedians in Cars, and he was like, listen, you can't teach... Either you have the comedic, you know, element in you. He goes, we can't... Some com- stand-up comics can become great actors, but a lot of great actors cannot just turn into great stand-ups. Do you agree with that? Um, so he said you either have it or you don't. Like there, He was making a joke about a stand-up comedy class, and he's like, if you're here, you're not going to make it. <laughs> because it's not that. It's you have it, and then you develop it. Well, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, that's... I don't know. I think that's still a question that you can ask to this day. Like, sure. whether talent is something that you're born with, or it's something that's earned over the 10,000 hours. Yes. Me, personally, I wasn't funny before I started doing stand-up. Okay. I was the opposite of funny. Like, I was kill a room terrible, you know? Right, so, right, right. Um, and I it's just interesting. wanted it so badly, yeah. you know, and I wanted to get good so badly. And I pounded my head against the wall for so many years that yeah. you taught I yourself to be funny. Yeah, it developed yeah. that skill set. Yeah. So I think that's kind of inspirational for the people out there because I think that if you if you want, you said that it wasn't a great reason as a 16-year-old. Yeah. But I think that that's an awesome reason. I think right. you want to be, everybody wants to be liked. Everybody wants to be successful. Everybody wants these things. And I think that the fact that you were able to take something you were not good at and then become not only uh, good at it but successful in it means that maybe that isn't correct what Steve Harvey said. Maybe there is somebody out there listening who's like, I don't know, I do want to do this, but I don't know if I'm funny. And maybe you can learn. I really do think you can learn. That's interesting. So, so how does it help you? You know, we talk about classes a lot. How does it help or hurt you in classes? You kind of mentioned it a little bit. Any other roadblocks, or does it help you um, when well, you get up there and do scenes because you're not afraid to get up in front of people? That's the number one thing because okay. it's like, um, I mean, I'm still working on being 100% relaxed when I'm doing a scene. Everybody I'll is your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like people would like, you know, like other students would be like, oh, I'm so nervous to like do this in front of the class or I'm nervous to. And it's like, I don't right. I don't really have that, you know, right. it's like, oh, we're going to put it up. This is crazy. My friends are here. I'm like, I don't. I'm like, if my friends showed up, I'd be ecstatic because I've been running right. for so long. <laughs> right, right. In fact, I'd be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> so that, so that yeah, helps. So, so that's, yeah. that's gone because mm. if you can stand up there by yourself, totally raw, exposing your material, it's a lot easier to be in front of yeah. people doing someone else's material. It's not even on you, you yeah. know, if they like the material or not. And I think Playhouse West actually helped my stand-up, like, the other way around just because, right. like— Sometimes when you're, like, a comedian, you don't even realize it. Like, you'll fall into a certain speech pattern or a certain way of moving based on, like, your favorite comedians. And then Playhouse West and, like, Meisner, like, it teaches you to act as yourself or perform as yourself. Right. So I feel like it was – I was able to take that in, like, in my stand-up. I was able to speak more like I do – Right, so that so, so so they it was symbiotic. Yeah, both kind of helped each other. Yeah, that's interesting. And now, how did it help you get representation? Um, Stand up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have a pretty good agency and yeah. stuff like that. Did that help because you had that stand up? The stand up or the acting? I'm sorry, acting agent agencies. Um, well, yes, because. Um, I got all, my first representation through stand-up. Like, specifically, I got managed by a club, and then they set me up with an agent. And 
And that's um, a stand-up agent, right? And a stand-up agent just books you for stand-up no, stuff. No, it's no. like, okay. because like I said, it's so hard to make money as a comedian that like when they hook you up with an agent, it's a it's a lit agent, it's an acting agent, it's a voiceover oh, agent. okay. So like, the club was representing you and then they get you uh, actual representation, that's how it works? Some clubs also manage. This club happened to also manage. It's okay. Just, you know, was and, it in Los Angeles? No, this was in New York. Okay, and they set you up with theatrical and commercial auditions mm-hmm. as well? Okay, mm-hmm. okay. And then, but out here, you how did that help you out here? Um, well, because of the... I made my money as a, a writer first. Okay. So I had a lit agent, and then they sent me a submission. I filled it out. I got a writing job here, so I moved here. And then... Um, because of that. Yeah, and then it, like... When I was here, Did it I was ask like, for samples, or you literally like you filled it out. It was just <laughs> well, every every show is different. So normally they'll give you like a writing prompt and mm-hmm. tell you what they want, and then you have to generally write like some sort of sample of like what would be on the show. Okay, and then they'll read through that. So that's another part, guys, and and this is what we've talked about on the show about creating your own content. Mm-hmm. So that's why when you go to Groundlings and, and Second City and those places, that's why a lot of those people are doing really well because. They were writing their material to begin with. So Adam Sandler, Will Ferrell, and all this stuff, they were writers anyway. And Adam McKay and all those people, they came from a writing background. So stand-up, Tina obviously. Tina Amy Poehler. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's endless, mm-hmm. endless of all the people. Kristen Wiig, yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Melissa McCarthy, I mean, again, endless. Um, you know, when I've talked about this a lot. There is, you know, just taking a class, waiting by the phone, it's just not. So you're writing stand-up. And pursuing acting, that's really smart because you're, you know, all within a certain wheelhouse, comedy mostly. But, I mean, you know, when we when we talk about it, the thing you booked first was, was a dramatic. drama. <laughs> and I said this, I said this, I was pitching the sketch show. I said, listen, I, if I had my way, I'd be doing comedy my whole, nine, 80% and drama 20%. But I've been doing mostly, if I looked and broke down what is drama, what is comedy, I've probably done more drama. But thank and, God I was at Playhouse, so I could do drama, you know? But I feel like drama, it's just good, especially, like, um, I mean, I hate using the term artist, but, like... Right, yeah. Um, as a person working in this field, it's just good to have a variety of things to do to yeah. feed yourself. Yes. Just because, like, um, even with stand-up, I'm like... Do you mean feed your soul, or you mean yeah. put food on your plate? No, feed your soul. Um, just because, I mean, food on your plate is a struggle. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like, um, even with, like, I, I love stand-up more than anything. It's my passion. I dedicated yes. my whole life to it. And I'm like uh, 13 years deep. Yeah, I'm 13 years deep at this point. It's like, yeah. even I am like, why the hell am I writing another joke? Like, this right, is ridiculous. Right, right. And then, of like, course. Having another outlet where I get to be creative in a different way, like working in a dramatic role, like right. something really serious, it like rekindles my love for comedy because right. I can go back and I can enjoy it because it's like I've stepped away from like just constant. Right, right. So I want to get, you know, I want to di- get into acting, but I would love to try stand up as a way in. What are your tips for someone starting to do stand up? Mm-hmm. I mean, I read Amy Schumer's book and she was saying like people would go, Oh, uh, well, you know, you have to just put in the hours, tons of hours. And she was saying, oh, I don't have to do that. And then she said, finally, like two years in, she went, oh, yeah, I do. Like yeah. she, wa- but it wasn't, yeah, I have to. And it's a grind. She wanted to. Mm-hmm. She wanted to keep like hammering, hammering. So what would be your tip if I wanted to start 
stand up. Um, watch as much as you can. Um, watch as many different types of stand up comedians as you can. Go to shows, look online. You think watching is better than listening? Um, either. I think um, there. There's always a benefit the more information you can see, like the way someone performs, the way they, the faces they make. Like, there's, I think uh, the more you can see, the better, but listening is also great. Um, right. So, what, however much you can consume, consume as much of it as physically possible okay. and um, get on stage. Get on stage. Like, open there's mic no nights. substitute. Yes. Go to open mics, which are just like, um, if you don't know, you can just sign up, put your name down, and they'll let you perform. So how do I? Find, okay, so I know nothing. Mm-hmm. How do I go? Okay, I'm in you know Milwaukee, and there's comedy clubs. What do I do? Do I go to a website? Do I? It's city to city. Like uh, New York used to have a website called Bad Slava. Then there was OpenMics.org. Like there are some sites that will aggregate all the open mics in a city, so you oh, can just okay. look at the list. In LA, I think it's um, the Comedy Bureau. Okay. Um, in some cities where there's maybe not that big of a scene, generally if you just Google it or look okay. it up. But look for open, just mm-hmm. Google open mic nights and in my area. If mm-hmm. you're going to an open mic, what should you have prepared? Should you have three-minute set prepared? Should you have uh, how many jokes? What should you be expecting? You should, be, you should have jokes because uh, there's nothing more annoying than someone going up there and then doing nothing. Thinking they're yeah. funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I definitely, especially for your first time, it, be prepared. Yes, be prepared with jokes and like things you want to talk about, and then um, throughout your journey, I recommend trying as many different things as possible. Like, maybe, how many minutes should I prepare if I'm going to an open mic? Most of them are between two to five minutes. Okay. So I would just look at how long they give you and try and have approximately that much time. But if you're somebody who's doing a ton of open mics, you should have a five minute set ready. Like you should have up to five minutes of material yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Okay. And uh, if you run short, it's fine. You know, just say like, yeah. you know what? That's all I have to say. No yeah. one's gonna hate you for that or judge you for that. Right. Um, and. Later on, I think, like, you should experiment with, like, okay, I have an idea. Maybe I'm just going to talk it out on stage. Maybe I'll try writing it out, and then I'll say it. Like, right. find what way works best for you find to... Find process yes. is what you're saying. Okay. And then record yourself. Like, I cannot emphasize that enough. Okay. Um, you mean have somebody record you when they're in the audience, or you mean when you're home in the mirror, record yourself? Um, either, like, you can use the uh, voice notes function on your iPhone, and you can just record the audio. It, again, it's always better if you can get the video, but that gets a little bit harder. You could just, If you had a friend with you that can just tape you on your yeah, iPhone. Yeah, and right? comics also just bring tripods with them, and they just set them up on, oh, like, wow. a table. Okay. Um, and they'll record themselves, because that's how you're going to learn. Is by like sitting there listening to your jokes, seeing what works, right. watching yourself, seeing how you do certain things. Roxy made me watch myself as a podcaster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, it's, I'm it's her worst. I'm her worst student, and she won't tell anyone. She trained me. <laughs> um, uh, okay, so that's that's the way. You go to as many open mics, record yourself as mm-hmm. the, and just do it as much as possible. And watch. And as then, much how as does possible. someone know where to? What is the way to get out of that? place and go to the next level someone will notice you at the club or um you should always you should never ever wait for someone to notice okay. you should always be proactive okay. i mean naturally you don't necessarily want to rush into something you're like i'm a year and i'm gonna go audition it's like well um yeah 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 make sure you're ready and you have like um if you want to host at a club make sure you have a good 15 minute set or a 10 okay. to 15 minute set that you can do that you feel confident in before okay. you go and do that audition but um, once generally 
your friends that you'll make doing open mics will start running shows or you might yourself might start running a show and then you can ask them for spots and then you're performing instead of just for comedians you're performing in front of a live crowd guys we've talked Um, about this on the show a lot networking 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 yeah yeah how important was networking in in becoming a stand-up for you um, I was really bad at it. I'm still very bad at it. So I definitely took longer. Like, someone had to tell me, literally, like, why are you still doing open mics? Like, they literally right. had to sit me down and have a conversation with me. Nice. Because I was under the impression that if I was talented, it would come to me. I just kept putting right. myself down. I was like, I'm not ready, clearly, because nothing's happened. And they're like, right. nothing's happened because you're not asking for it. Right. And that's... 100% something I I mean I, I just wish I had known you know mm-hmm. um, that if you want something even when you have a manager or, or an agent like you can't wait for them to you have to tell them you have to direct your own career you have to set a goal right. and you have to actively be working towards it so I'm going to say that that is a great you know warm up if you're going to be an actor too if that you know learning that in stand up you got to do the same in acting mm-hmm. and you're used to that muscle being flexed so that's a really good way that it benefits yeah for sure to be proactive absolutely is there any other do's and don'ts that you would have like a do any do's besides you know be proactive tape yourself um anything else that you would say to people the, the um, do that you can think of and if not you know any don'ts uh let me see if i can think of a do um other than do just try a bunch of stuff and don't limit yourself okay. um, especially not it's going to take a really long time for you to figure out what you like and so what you do don't be like. patient yeah okay um, and persistent yes and i guess um I think it's the comedy vibe is changing, but it's like for a while it was really negative and just unnecessarily shitty. Like people were very heavily like bullies, you know, for some reason. And it's like neither of us has anything. We're both performing for drink tickets. What the fuck is wrong with you? You know, right, right, right. Sorry, I didn't ask if I could cuss. I'm just Uh, who's neither Um, of us. Who are you talking about? Like another comic who's also an open micer would just be like a complete. Right, like you know what I mean, oh, and like it's like to you. Yeah, they comic. would just put down other open micers, and it's like you're. Oh, oh, so you would get up there, and you're putting down another comic yeah, that just there, went. There was a lot of negativity when I started. I think that's changing a little bit. That's good. Um, but it's like it's don't, weird because the do big that. guys yeah. don't do that at all. Like Jerry Seinfeld and those guys, they're, they're all friends. Yeah, because the thing. Well, uh, the thing oh, is, ooh, ooh, dish. Um, well, I mean, there's always uh, drama behind Clicks, the scenes because yeah. the thing is like once you start getting to a certain level like the people who were dicks earlier on had to literally issued public apologies for being so terrible because um it gets to the point when you start working where you can't do that nobody will work with you no one will work with you quickly hop in here this is jeff from the booth i'm a huge comedy nerd and i like this space even though i don't necessarily participate but Mm -hmm. i've heard that like the improv community is kind of more like the sunshine and rainbows community and the stand-up community is kind of more like the angsty smoke alone in the back community Mm -hmm. do you agree with that or um yeah, I mean, stand-up is gen- a lot more individual. Right. <laughs> and so it's you're like, fighting for yourself only, yeah. right? Um, so, and, like, improv, you have to rely on your teammates. So it's a yeah. lot happier of a vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just think that it's, it's just dumb. It doesn't make you a better comic. It doesn't make you better right. than anyone. It just makes Work people... Work on your own stuff. And everyone you think is going to go away because they're shitty might hang in there and get really good. And then you're in a position where you're asking them for work. Right. And more than that, just don't be a garbage human being to not be a garbage human being. Right. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. It's just... 
It was so annoying to me that that was like a part of quote unquote comedy culture, where it's like I'm just going to be the biggest, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, Stop. yeah. I read, yeah. A, I read a tweet the other day that said like, "What happens if we uh, if climate change is all a big hoax and we made the world a better place for no reason?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it's kind of like that. Like, just yeah. don't don't be a crappy person. Yeah. Just like, right. how about just not to be? Curious about your biggest like the highlight of your stand up career. If there's one moment that I'm sure there are a million, but one thing that you feel the most proud of or. Huh. Um, I think it would probably be quitting my day job was like the coolest moment. Yes. When you didn't have to yeah. have a day job anymore. Yeah. When Ugh. I didn't have to work retail, like just that feeling of like being able to walk away from something I hated. Yeah. It was just yeah. so good, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's exciting and scary because now you're like, oh, I can't complain. You know, you can't be folding your clothes going, oh, when if I was a stand up full yeah. time. And, you know, and then when you do it, you're like, uh oh, now I've got to actually do this. I remember when I quit my waiting job for. Acting it was the same thing. It's like, yes, ooh, now I gotta <laughs> can sustain it because I don't want to come back here. Yeah, but that is that is such a great feeling. Um, so to wrap it up, I just but what I love is that everything you're saying to do is much more proactive, much more self directed, and I just feel like actors need that. Mm-hmm. They just don't. They think, well, I'm good in class. You know what I mean? And that's just just the beginning of it you have to do so many other things michael kane in his book talks about how you're auditioning all the time mm-hmm. all the time what you said he said there was this guy that was on a universal tram and all these other actors would bail on him but i would always support him and when he came by i'd sign autographs for him his tour groups and things like that and it turned out to be michael ovitz who ran caa and you know then yeah, yeah so you never know yeah. because you should always just be good and luckily it may help you out in the future because you were good but just then like you said it just be a good person yeah anyway. you're you know? always auditioning <laughs> you're auditioning always speaking so. of always auditioning yes well i want to i want to hear about her yes uh... yes so this is stories from the set she came in one time and we did uh she had a few lines for mm-hmm. westworld it was a drama so it wasn't a comedy we usually worked on a lot of comedies but this was a drama so one. did your rep send you this role and mm-hmm. okay yeah, and that was a self-tape, right? Yeah. So we worked, on, and we didn't tape it at my place, no, right? No, because it was supposed to be a um, live audition. I was supposed to go in for it. and then, That's right, and then they canceled because it, Because right? the casting director got sick. So then I'm literally leaving your place, and then it's like, hey, can you send in a self-tape? And I was like, come on. <laughs> I know, what a bummer, because we could have done it right, right then. Yeah, right? exactly. So what did you do? Um, well, I was. I also had a writing job at the time, so I went to work and then I was like on my lunch break I just asked one of the PAs who was nice enough to help tape and like edit it because you had already been coached yeah right and that was that morning right so it wasn't that long and our ideas were still fresh in your head and did you do a couple of takes or just one because we talked about that we talked about the different ones you could do like try so you how many did you put on there two three um, I mean I think I only submitted one but I think I probably did it like three or four times right right how do they feel it work when you're coming in and you're asking a PA to help you tape for another gig is that did you have to be careful about that oh yeah definitely uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially because I was planning on just calling out sick to go to the audition <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. so so the fun news is the story from the set was she got to work with Ed Harris yeah it was amazing yeah, yeah. tell us about that you told me some cool things about <laughs> him not doing it the same every time yeah um, it was just very much in the tradition of like Playhouse West where it's like he just read the lines differently almost every time it gave me something different to work off like it was 
incredible just to see how many different ways what he was bringing to it how much fun he was having with the role right. it was just incredible to be around that energy and then being able to react and respond off of that was just right such a gift yeah and now do you think because of your stand-up it helped with your nerves on the set or is it just a different beast 100 percent um no it definitely like definitely any T- length of like performing or just like facing constant rejection for god knows how many years you know yeah and then like so this is nothing they, yeah. they want you there <laughs> it was more of like i don't know why i wasn't nervous to me i guess it was just like so many years of getting kind of close to things and then like having my heart broken and like number so you're one just so happy to be there yeah it was i don't even know if it was like well i was ecstatic to be there but it was more of just like it was so insane to me that it didn't feel real right does that make sense yeah, it's like, yeah yeah i auditioned on friday and then i taped on monday it was like wow and it was like westworld so it was just With so Harris. and this was season one or no this, this is the season coming out. Season. wow yeah so, so have you even seen it yet no <laughs> so exciting yeah it but was it was great. just so ridiculous to me that it I wasn't nervous because I was like, am I in a coma? Like, it just didn't. Yeah. I don't know. It was just but so out there to what me. What a great thing. And you're a drama and Ed Harris. So, listen, I think those were some really good tips, some take really good takeaways for, you know, taking stand-up and bringing it to acting and how they work and how they don't. and I mean, Not really how they don't, but how it really benefits you. I just think the main thing for me is proactivity, yeah, which is so crucial, and I try to push that all the time. Which is probably so. why a lot of managers tell actors to do stand-up, because that is a way of creating your own thing. And then, yeah, like, also they're the only your excuse profile, is but, yourself. But yeah. yeah, that's really, really great. So thank you for being here no, and sharing those me. stories. Where do we find you, Roxy? Oh, everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Mr. Fantabulous? You guys can find me everywhere at Jeffrey Crane Graham. Suba, where can they find you? Um, on Twitter at Suba, S-U-B-H-A-H, and on Instagram at Suba, I'm sorry, uh, S-U-B-H-A-H-A. Uh, nice, <laughs> nice. And uh, I am uh, now at Sean Whalen Official on Instagram. So, um, as always, thank you for letting me be part of your journey. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.